Good morning. This is the day the Lord has made, and we rejoice and glad, be glad in it. If you have your Bibles, why don't you turn with me to the Gospel of John, chapter 19. John is the only uh, synoptic gospel that uh, records this narrative of Nicodemus. And the Word of God says, and it's verse 38, Later Joseph of Arimathea asked Pilate for the body of Jesus. Now Joseph was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly, because he feared the Jewish leaders. With Pilate's permission, he came and took the body away. He was accompanied by Nicodemus, the man who earlier had visited Jesus at night. Nicodemus brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about 75 pounds. Taking Jesus' body, the two of them wrapped it with the spices in strip of linen. This was in accordance with the Jewish burial customs. At the place where Jesus was crucified, there was a garden and in the garden, a new tomb in which no one had ever laid. Because it was the Jewish day of preparation, and since the tomb was nearby, they laid Jesus there. It's apparent in, in reading this is God's word, and it's apparent that it was God's intent for his son Jesus to be buried. It was God's intent for Jesus to be buried, but also for Jesus not to remain in the grave. And I wondered why there has been less mentioned about Jesus' burial than his crucifixion and the resurrection. And during uh, the Lent season, which we are moving into the Holy Week, we will hear the term his death, burial, and resurrection. But there's not really much said about his burial so I went to our, some of our creeds, and in the Nicene Creed, it says he was crucified for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. 
And then the third day he rose again according to the scriptures. In the Apostles' Creed it says, he suffered under Pontius Pilate, he was crucified, died, and was buried. But in the Heidelberg Catechism, the Heidelberg Confession, question number 41, some of you might even know that question, but the question is, why was he buried? The answer, his burial testifies that he really died. His burial testifies that he really died. And there's some supporting uh, scriptures in the event you would like to write them down in Isaiah 53, 9. It says, they made his grave with the wicked and his tomb with the rich, although he had done no violence and there was no deceit in his mouth. And in Acts 13, 29, when they had carried out all that was written about him, they took him down from the cross and laid him in the tomb. In 1 Corinthians 15, verses 3 and 4, for what I received, I passed on to you as one of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. So the fact is that the burial was important. And in fact, Jesus was prepared for the burial and he was placed in a new tomb, one that had not been used by anyone before. So it was, God, it was God's intent that he be buried, but not for Jesus to stay in the grave. Now, if you still have your Bibles, I want you to, in that same chapter, I want to read um, verses 16 through 27 as we see there's so many details. There's so many details before we even get to uh, the text. So in 16 of chapter uh, 19, it begins by saying, finally Pilate handed him over to them to be crucified. So the soldiers took charge of Jesus carrying his own cross, he went out to the place of the skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. There they crucified him with two others, one on, this, on each side and Jesus in the middle. And Pilate had a notice placed, prepared and fastened to the cross. This, this is really important right here because um, it says here that Jesus, it, it read Jesus of Nazareth, the king of the Jews. Many of the Jews read the sign for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and the sign was written in Aramaic, Latin, and Greek. The chief priests of the Jews protested to Pilate, do not write the king of the Jews, 
but that this man claimed to be king of the Jews. Pilate answered, what I, what I have written, I have written. When the soldiers crucified Jesus, they took his clothes, dividing them into four shares, one for each of them, with the undergarment remaining. This garment was seamless, woven in one piece from top to bottom. Let's not tear it, they said to one another. Let's decide by lot who will get it. This happened that the scripture might be fulfilled, they said. They divided my clothes among them and cast lots for my garment. So this is what the soldiers did. This is what the soldiers did. Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews, is pointed out that in the, in the gospel, the gospel of John, more so uh, than any of the gospels, that there's this, there's this um, theme of king. There's a king, the, the theme of king, Jesus, the king of the Jews. And, and that's going to be important as we uh, look through this text. But um, at this point, I want to say that uh, Jesus was alone. The disciples had left him. You recall Peter, he was not uh, present uh, during this time at the cross. The disciples were afraid. They were afraid to follow Jesus. They were afraid to follow Jesus to the cross. But, but what's so really beautiful about this, um, this whole story as you uh, even look at the verses that uh, follow the ones we just read is that uh, the women uh, were actually there. The women were there. There were four Marys. Uh, there were, I'm sorry, there were four women, and three of them were called Mary, and one being Mary, the mother of Jesus. They, they were there near the cross when Jesus died. And we do, do know that John, the disciple John, was there at the cross. As Jesus spoke from the cross, he, he said to John, you know, he basically said, this is my, this is your mother, uh, and um, here is your mother. And to Mary, he said, woman, here is your son. He was even taking care of his mother before he died on the cross. The crowds weren't there with him anymore. Maybe some of the ones that had been uh, there to be fed by Jesus or even to see him perform miracles were there, but now they were saying, crucify, crucify him, crucify him. So, um, so the fact is that Jesus, the significant part of this passage is that Jesus was crucified, and that was a a horrible death. That was a horrible death, and, but it was God's plan for him to be buried. And so when we think about the fact that God did what was really unexpected, he actually put in the hearts of two two secret disciples, one being Joseph and the other being Nicodemus. And they were afraid. They were afraid they might be, you know, in the text it said, 
says in particular about uh, Joseph that he, there was this secrecy because he was afraid of the Jewish leaders. But he goes, he was brave, he boldly, with courage, went to Pontius Pilate and he asked for Jesus' body. And Jesus was dead by then and they gave him the body. And then there's Nicodemus. Nicodemus is not mentioned anywhere else in the Gospels. He's, he's mentioned in chapter 3, which we'll look at, but, but, but this, this narrative is not mentioned in the other Gospels. But it's said that he is the one who had earlier been with Jesus, and, and that's such a, a beautiful story. As Nicodemus, he knew. He knew that there was something about Jesus. He knew that he was God sent, but there still was that uh, uncertainty. He goes to Jesus and Jesus talks to him about what it means to be born again. So it's almost like he was, he was a little bit uh, skeptic about some of the things Jesus had said to him. In fact, uh, Jesus explains to him that he he must be born of water and of the Spirit. Uh, let's see, I'm looking right here in chapter 3. It says, Now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, so he identifies him as a teacher. We know that you are a teacher who has come from God. For no one could perform the miracles you are doing if God were not with him. And Jesus replied, very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. So Jesus explains to him what it means to be born again. And we have that uh, wonderful uh, passage in here, uh, John 3:16, that uh, God so loved the world that he gave his son, his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. So, so Nicodemus understood what it meant to be born again, but he allowed his external circumstances to keep him from following Christ. He had not become a believer at uh, that particular point. But it's really interesting, uh, you know, even in our own families and with our own friends, sometimes we can give up on people. We know they're not walking with the Lord. We know, we know they're not following Christ, and sometimes we give up on them. But I believe this passage is, is encouraging us and giving us hope not to give up on our friends, could be our parents, could be our siblings or our relatives, somebody we work with, people in our community, people we go to school with, to not give up on them because we don't know what God is doing in their lives. So here we have this man, Nicodemus, a rich man, part of the ruling council, and God is working in his life. Jesus planted some seeds when Nicodemus had that first encounter, but he just wasn't there. But here, I mean, Nicodemus is pretty bold, him and Joseph. They are pretty bold. If you really think about it, 
Peter missed out on an opportunity. If, if it were me, I would have told Peter, you remember when he sat down in the middle court and, and he, was, he was actually lying, y'all. He was lying. He was saying he didn't know Jesus. I wanted to say, Peter, don't sit down, don't sit down. You know, this could have been Peter. What a royal honor to bury our Lord Jesus' body. What an honor, but he missed out. The other disciples missed out on burying Jesus. But here we have Nicodemus. It says here that he has spices, 75 pounds. I have 40 pounds of salt that I put in my water softener. So can you imagine 75 pounds of spices? He was going to use the spices to prepare Jesus' body for burial, anoint his body with the spices, and then wrap his body with linen. And I believe he had help from the women perhaps John. It was probably a, a, a sacred moment, but I'm sure they were trying to get things done as soon as possible. But that was, a, that was an offering from Nicodemus. It shows and tells us something about the greatness of his love. That's what our service shows when we allow God to use us for his purposes, it says something about that vertical, our love for the Lord. And it's amazing, this unknown man, Nicodemus, unknown in terms of he was not one who walked with Jesus before. We could probably name all of the other disciples who walked closely with Jesus. But here is this man, Nicodemus, who actually takes responsibility for burying our Lord Jesus Christ. And then in the Gospel of John, it says that they twisted together a crown of thorns and put it on Jesus' head, gave him a purple robe. They were mocking Jesus. They didn't claim that he was a king. The people really wanted him to be their king so that he would overrule the Roman government. But they were mocking Jesus, putting the purple robe the robe of royalty on Jesus, kept saying, Hail, King of the Jews. Hail, King of the Jews. And Pilate wasn't afraid. He wasn't afraid when they told him to crucify Jesus because he was afraid. I take that back. He was afraid. He was afraid because when the people said that... Um, Jesus claimed to be the Son of God. That frightened Pilate. And you know, I, I did a little search to, f I wanted to see what happened to Pilate because I think his role was, was very, uh, very important in this whole narrative. 
because it almost like he was on the fence. And I'm thinking, did Pilate get saved? I didn't see that. I couldn't find that anywhere. In fact, it wasn't good news what I read, but, 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 but I like the fact that uh, Pilate, he, you know, was like in his, his mind, he's, he's thinking, he claims to be the son of God. M might he truly be the son of God? But on the cross, they put the words, Jesus of Nazareth, the king of the Jews. And it remained on over Jesus' head. Nicodemus wraps his body, prepared his body and buries. He buries our king. He's our king. You might say that was a royal barrier. Nicodemus was a changed man. He was not the same man that came to Jesus at night. He was walking in the light. He, he embraced the truth. I think today we, we oftentimes judge people and only God knows the heart. Oftentimes we give up on people and sometimes we want to say who's in the kingdom and who is not, but only God knows that. And sometimes we can even hear the truth, like Nicodemus, he heard the truth, but he was not a follower of Jesus Christ until later, sometime later. There's so much hope in this passage, so much grace in this passage, so much hope for us to have in mind when we find ourselves in situations and we're with individuals who don't talk the same language that we talk or we're with individuals who may not have the faith that we have. We're with individuals who may not live the way we live as followers of Jesus Christ, but it gives us hope. It gives us hope that God can intervene, that they can hear the truth, that they hear the gospel, they hear the good news of Jesus Christ, how God sent his son to give us life so that we might walk in his marvelous light, we have to keep on hoping. We have to keep praying. God has told us to go and to make disciples and to tell them the good news. And there's a harvest out there. I think some of the challenges we have today is that sometimes people are just searching, searching and wondering, who are they? Who are they? And as Christians, we can help them to see who we are, see who we are in Jesus Christ. Some people are without hope. I had an opportunity uh, recently uh, to talk to this uh, mother, and she came to me, and we don't, we just know each other's names, but 
she was very uh, concerned about uh, her, her uh, son. Uh, he is uh, an adult, and, and I think he even went to Christian schools. And, uh, but he had moved away from her, and she really wasn't for sure everything he was uh, involved in, but she was quite concerned. I think, I think we're, we uh, have that same concern for our children or our parents or our relatives, but she, um, she just let me know that she was concerned about even uh, his salvation. And uh, a couple weeks before then, someone uh, sent me uh, something on Facebook, and it was actually uh, a grandmother uh, who, uh, who said, she, she said this, Lord, she was actually praying, she said, Lord, I pray that my grandchildren grow older. I pray that as my grandchildren grow, grow older, you will keep them on the right path. Maybe some of you have seen that. It's been floating around on Facebook. But um, Lord, I pray that as my grandchildren grow older, you will keep them on the right path. Isn't that, isn't that a good prayer to pray for your grandchildren that they will stay on the right path? And I shared that with this woman and I said, you know, and I, I, I showed it to her and she was just so excited. Her face was just beaming by then because I think she was even, in a, even imagining her son being different than what he was at that moment. But I said, but she said, he's not on the right path. I said, but pray, but pray that God will put him on the right path. And she walked away, she was just beaming. She walked away because it gave her hope. When we think about it, it's Jesus, it's really Jesus who saves. And he uses us as vessels. God used Nicodemus, the least likely person, the least likely person to prepare the body of Jesus, to prepare the body of Jesus. And I just want to, to use my imagination a little bit here. I believe that Nicodemus saw the Son of God as his king. I believe that's why he used 75 pounds of spices to carefully handle the body of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But he saw Jesus as king, and I believe that's what in the Gospel of John that king is mentioned so much because Jesus is king, king of those who accept his invitation to come into his kingdom. Is he king? Is he king? Does he reign in your heart? Does he reign in my heart? Does he reign in the hearts of those we love? As we approach Holy Week. I know some of you have probably given up something during Lent. That's a good thing. 
But maybe we need to ask the Lord if there's any area in our life in which he is not reigning. Christ the King, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. And why is it important? Because God has a plan for each one of our lives, just as he had a plan for Nicodemus. Nicodemus was not the same. There was, this was a pivotal moment for him. He was not the same. And we're not the same when Jesus Christ reigns in our heart. And I believe their testimonies, testimonies in your life and in mine, that we know that when we had an encounter with Jesus, when he invited us into his kingdom, we changed. We changed, and oh, what a beautiful, oh, what a beautiful life it is. He set us apart. He set us apart to be his children. So today, there is such confusion about identity, who am I? There is, there's a confusion about identity. When we are in Christ, we know who we belong to. We know whose we are. We belong to God, our Father, and Jesus Christ. So it was God's intent, it was God's intent for Jesus to be buried the burial was an important part of Jesus going, of, of God resurrecting Jesus. He had to be buried. He was buried as a king in a tomb that had never been used, wrapped and anointed with oil, with, with spices. His burial reminds us that he died, but he did not stay. He did not stay in the grave. This is the good news. This is the good news that the same power that all of us will be celebrating next Sunday, that same resurrection power is in us. We are not the same people we used to be. And so the good news is that we need to share it. We need to share the good news. Some of you may even have a person in your mind right now, maybe someone who's close to you, maybe someone who is, is, is walking in darkness and not walking with Christ. Don't give up hope. Don't give up hope. And don't stop praying for them because it is our Lord's desire that all might be saved. Let us pray. Father, we, we're so in awe of this narrative of how you use Joseph and Nicodemus to go in and get the body of Jesus 
He was not a common man, although they crucified him, one of the most horrible ways to, to die. And if it was left up to, to others, Lord God, we would not have had his body placed in the grave. But we know, Father, you were at work. And we thank you that he died and that he was buried. And next week, Lord God, we will celebrate his resurrection. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen.